To many, his photographs transcend mere imagery to reveal the depths of the human soul. The stark reality of human-induced tragedies and the profound beauty of life. Born in 1944 in Brazil, Sebastião Salgado initially pursued a career in economics, but his path took a dramatic turn due to the political turmoil of Brazil's military dictatorship. Exiled, his true calling emerged during his travels across Africa. There, Salgado's passion for photography ignited amidst diverse landscapes and cultures. Initially focusing on news assignments, his lens shifted towards more profound documentary-style storytelling, capturing the reality of Brazil's Mina Pelada gold mines, the heart-wrenching famine across Africa, and the genocide in Rwanda. Each photograph became a testament to human resilience and fragility. And since the 1990s, Salgado's journey took another transformative turn. Alongside his wife Lilia, he embarked on an ambitious environmental project. Together, they have dedicated themselves to transforming over 2,000 square kilometers of Brazil's Atlantic forest into a thriving nature reserve, the Instituto Terra. This initiative, driven by a mission of reforestation, conservation and environmental education, mirrors the depth and empathy of Salgado's photographic work. I'm Teresa Boina Mores, Brazil. This is the Instituto Terra, a place created by famous photographer Sebastião Salgado and his wife Lelia to reforest this part of the country. We will be talking to them about their history and how this successful project transformed their lives. Sebastião Salgado, thank you so much for talking to Al Jazeera. My first question to you is, when we look at your pictures, it's like you capture the soul of people, the soul of nature. What is it that you, you used to have in your mind when you went out on an assignment? I think it's special. Uh, I do only stories that I believe on them, that are real my stories, that I have a big pleasure to be there, that I go there because it's my option to be there. And uh, from this moment, I'm in peace with myself. I have to be there. I have to meet the people of the space where I choose to be. And, and that become my home, that become my way of life. You, you were born here in Aymores and, and studied economics. If you could explain to us, what was it that drove you to change from being an economist and trying to understand the economics of the world to actually taking pictures? How was that process? Well, for me, it was a privilege to have the opportunity first to go to the university. What is the university? Is a place where you have the resume of the society that you are part of it. The studies that I made were political economy. I did studies of national accounts, 
public finance, sociology, anthropology, geopolitics, in the macroeconomy, all these deal in a society as a whole. And that gave me one vision of the society that I'm part of it. And when I start photography, it was just a continuation of all this. If you look today, the body of work that I did in photography is completely linked with the historical moment that I lived. And uh, I just cross inside with uh, one vision. My vision, what was, was my heritage of my father, my mother, the lights that are caught from these areas, from these hills. I grew up in this land. And uh, the information that I had about uh, the Brazilian society. With my studs, with my activism, I have a leftist student. And all this together drive me in a way with this language that is my photography. I write in images this moment that I live and uh, there is a coherence because there is a coherence in the history. I was just uh, one part of the history. What is photography? When you press the button, you do a cross-section and this cross-section becomes a memory. And, uh, the addition of these thousands, millions of photography that I took uh, write uh, a little bit of the history, the, the, the time that I lived, not more than this. You, you left Brazil because of the dictatorship. How, how difficult was it to leave your country being an exile? It was the most difficult moment in our life. For me, it was terrible to imagine that I have no projection to come back to my count in the next two years, in the next five years, because dictatorship was there, you know, possible to come back. And that was something very special for a young man, because I was just 25 years old. Lely was 22 years old, and uh, was necessary to us to adapt ourselves in another way of life, in another climate. And that was not easy. The first six months I became sick. And uh, I had a kind of depression. And, uh, but after, you adapt yourself. I believe that the real intelligence of the human being is the capacity of adaptation. We adapt in any kind, in any circumstance. And uh, I saw this photographing. People arriving in a refugee camp, desperate. One month later was their home, their way of life, their neighbors, their difficulties become uh, the variables that made their life. And uh, as this, me also, I adapted myself. And uh, finally, today, 50 years later, I'm yet a migrant. I live in France, I love France. But I go on all over this planet. I went to more than 130 different countries on the planet. And uh, from this moment, it was much more easy to me to understand my problem, my questions, 
the problem of the migration. I did a huge story about migrants. In reality, it was my story that I was doing, that I was shooting. Much of the work you did in Africa shocked the world. Your pictures are of human suffering, of people trying to survive. Which was the, the most difficult? Most difficult for me was the genocide in Rwanda. Because uh, a plus of the refugee, we have uh, one terrible behavior of my species. I was deeply disappointed to be part of this species, the most violent of this species. Oh, I become sick after these stories. After that, I walk in the former Yugoslavia. It was as violent as Africa. And uh, for me, it was difficult moments in my life. I was not there doing real uh, the history of the war in Rwanda or the war in the former Yugoslavia. I was doing a big story about the displacement of population, about refugees, about migrants. But I leave all that and it was very difficult moment for me. If you had to think of, of a particular moment, you were talking about the situation in, in Rwanda and the difficulties that also you had, you know, to endure that and what you were seeing and, and the importance of showing that to the world. How, how did you recover from that? I mean, how, how do you go from that moment of profound sadness, but also to the commitment that this needs to be shown, that this is something that can change something, maybe? You see, it's very difficult for a photographer. Photographer works alone. You guys in television, film, you are a team. You discuss between you, you ponderate the things, and uh, we are alone. Photographer is alone. And uh, I had the moments that I put my cameras in the ground and seated to cry, to the so difficult things. And uh, the moments that was necessary to take the decision to do the pictures or not to do the pictures. You see, we are in front of an ethical line, a very thick ethical line. And each one has one, and you must stay strictly inside this line. And many pictures I do not make and a lot I make it. And I make it that for me, same as small kid just born was necessary to see in order that together we don't allow the more these things that I saw happen because it was too much, too much. That pivotal moment led Sebastián Lelia to a period of introspection and a growing concern for the state of the natural world recognizing the urgent need to educate others about the importance of caring for the environment. And there was no better place to start than at home in Brazil's forests. Here in the Rio Doce Valley, on the very land that Sebastião's father had once deforested, they laid the foundation for the Instituto Terra turning a page from documenting the world's challenges to actively participating in its healing. And, and a bit of that is, is seen in, your, in the change in your books. You went from the books of war, of famine, of suffering, to Genesis, to the possibility of saving the planet. And much of it is in a project such as this one, as the one where we are here today. It's Instituto Terra. 
that are driving me directed to Genesis, to the picture of environment. Because when I was walking in Africa, I came back sick from that, completely sick. My body was dying. And doctor friend of us told me to take a rest at least three, four months because I saw so many deaths, so many despair in Africa that was necessary to take a rest. It was the moment that my parents become old, gave this land for Lele and myself with my sister because I have seven sisters, I'm the only man in my family. And we started to plant a forest by one Lele's idea, Lele that had the idea to replant the forest. Sebastiao's life and work have been deeply enriched by his partnership with his wife, Lelia. Meeting in their school days, they bonded over shared passions for activism and art. A gente vinha aqui sempre no Natal. E o Natal é a época da chuva, das chuvas, a estação das chuvas. Então, isso aqui, esses morros todos, que eram morros é, sem nada, completamente pelados, como a gente diz aqui no, em português, e é, é, as terras, a chuva vinha, trazia toda a terra para baixo, sabe, fazendo fazendo é, é, sucos na terra, assim, uma coisa muito, muito, muito triste, entende? Então foi aí, nesse dia que a gente estava, que tinha uma chuva muito grande, nós estávamos aqui olhando assim, e de repente é, eu pensei, mas o que, que a gente vai fazer com isso? Não tem o que fazer aqui. E aí eu pensei, fechei meus olhos assim, vi tudo verdinho. Aí pensei, vamos plantar uma floresta. Vamos plantar uma floresta, porque aqui tinha floresta antes, para a gente fazer a plantação. Foi assim que a gente começou. Foi, é, agora, muito, muitos problemas, muitas dificuldades. Porque a primeira plantação é a plantação, a gente perdeu 60% das, das plantas, porque a gente não sabia fazer. Era um, a gente fazia uma, um, uma, um buraco estreito, pouco profundo, que botava a planta e não tinha terra úmida em volta para a planta segurar. E se não chovesse logo, logo depois, porque a chuva você não pode, você não, não marca encontro com a chuva, né? É a época da chuva, mas ela pode chover hoje, chover três dias, depois passar três semanas sem chover. E foi o que aconteceu. Nós perdemos 60%. Foi, assim, muito triste. Despite facing numerous challenges over the past 25 years, Instituto Terra has emerged as a beacon of environmental triumph with 2,500 square kilometers of reforested land, planting over 3 million trees, not only revitalizing the landscape, but bringing back native species, restoring the region's natural biodiversity. Today, Juliano Salgado, carrying forward his parents' legacy, stands at the helm of this visionary project seeking to expand upon his parents' dream. Now, if you walk here, you see those three million trees, they're thriving. Um, the quantity of animals that came back, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy because we've proven that we can bring life back to places that are completely dead. And this gives us a lot of hope. All this region is having its water going away. We have a, a situation now where it only rains half of what it used to rain uh, only 15 years ago. The underneath water is disappearing as well because of the cattle farming. The cattle, what it does is that people that have cattle, they cut all of the trees. The cattle walks over the land, compact it, and make it so hard and so stiff 
that the water, it doesn't penetrate the soil anymore. It's a catastrophe. And this is creating a situation of complete aridification of the region. So when we, we bring water back, the way we do it is that we plant trees, about 500 trees around the water sources where there used to be a water source. We create those little pools um, in key places where the water will accumulate and penetrate uh, the table water, the underneath water. Uh, and this has the fantastic result of, of actually de facto bringing water back. We restored about 2,000 water sources in the last 15 years and we're going to restore 4,500 water sources in the next five years. You know, in a country like Brazil, where people are used to deforest to create value, to put their cattle, to put their soja, or whatever it is they want to grow, um, that has been built over the forest, there is a mentality and, and a belief that in order to create value, you have to uh, cut off all the trees. And so, at first it was very, very difficult to even you know, start chatting with them. But then we realized that when we bring water back and when we start changing their life back with those regenerative uh, uh, techniques, uh, their, their mentality change. And suddenly they start to be open to these, these new ways and these new techniques. And, and the magic and the, the power of what we're doing here is that what we're doing is not only going to bring water back, it's not only going to bring the rain back, it's going to increase massively uh, the, the richness of this region. Sebastião Salgado's photography now extends beyond mere documentation, shifting his focus towards the imperative of conservation, showcasing the breathtaking beauty and critical importance of our natural world. His lens also brings into focus the unique perspectives of indigenous communities portraying their lives and cultures. If you had to think, how, how do you see the world today? You see, we are a very complicated piece. The way that we share the health in the planet is, is terrible. Uh, you see all these people crossing these oceans, taking incredible risks, because they have no opportunity. When the French uh, gone from Africa, when the British gone from Africa, how many doctors they live back, how many engineers they live back, peanuts, nothing. They just stolen there and leave are people living their model that they have in Europe, but not give to them the conditions of life. And, uh, and these people are looking for their survival, just to survive. And today, if you don't protect uh, the environment, the nature, we be very complicated. We don't evolve in nothing. We are a species in total danger of uh, disappear. We are the probably the most endangered species in the planet is the human species. The humanity has a model of life that's completely based in the carbon print. And the way is to get how can we capture this carbon. And the only way to capture is to plant the trees. But the biggest problem is not carbon, it's not water, it's the loss of biodiversity. 
we are losing biodiversity in a very high speed. Germany, in these last 40 years, lose 70% of their biodiversity. It would be complicated to survive out of the biodiversity. And I believe that that is the solution. We create here a pilot that can be a model and we can rehabilitate the planet. You imagine, I believe that in these 25 years, we probably spend here about $25 million to build all this. It's a lot of money, but we are preparing now the new planes to fight against the Russians, that is the F-16, American F-16 plane. One completely equipped F-16 plane is about $150 million per plane. Just one plane was possible to make six times what we did here. We have resources, we have enough resources. It's a problem to us today to do a definition to where go these resources, to make a better planet where we can live, our species survive on it, or we can destroy everything by own war, by the emission of carbon, by the lack of water, by the destruction of biodiversity. It's an option. If you do a proper option, we can survive. The country will be very difficult. When you think of people today with these little cameras, everyone is taking pictures, social media, compared with the work you used to do, spending months without being in touch with the Lelia or the people you love the most. What has changed? Do you think it's for the better or for the worse? It's, it's nothing. Change nothing. Because this is not photography. Photography is the memory. Photography, a photographer that works, he tells a story. And this story is representing this cross-section, materialized in a picture, this memory of a society, the mirror of the society. When you use this social media, this telephones, it's a new language based in the transmission of the image. But it's just a language. It's not a, a reference. It's nothing. The day that you lose your telephone, the day that you change your telephone, you lose half of the image, and you don't care about. Look, when you were a kid, your father, your mother, made your pictures with you with a camera, bring to corner of your uh, street. The small laboratory developed the picture, gave the prints to your father or mother. He made a small album. This small album is your story. It's materialized there, it's picture. You break the corner, you a little bit bet you look this always. And now, with this new language, the babies have no more story because you just made a joke with Jesus, you sent to grandma, to send to the friend, and you lose it, you don't care. And what the, name, the number of photographers that exist on the planet today is the same that existed 30 years ago, 60 years ago. These photographers, they tell the history of the planet. They are the memory. The others is just a communication language via image, that's it.